0: Are you full of health and wellness information yet struggling to implement into your daily life? Or do you have your health sorted out but struggling to integrate it with your other areas of your life? We've surveyed a number of Wellness Couch fans and recognize that this is the biggest challenge that most of you face in daily life. How do you turn your knowledge into action and a lifestyle? Enter the Wellness Breakthrough. For three days and two nights in February, eight of your Wellness Couch favorites are gathering in Melbourne for one incredible event. And we just have three spots left. Entry to the Wellness Breakthrough is by application only. To apply, simply go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. And apologies in advance if you apply and we're all sold out. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up For A Chat with Cindy O'Meara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Give a massive Wellness Summit round of applause for Karen Smith. Wow, that was
1: awesome! Thanks, you can do that again. Let's do it. Can we do it again? Just one more (laughs) time. Thank you. What did you think of the video? It's pretty awesome, hey. You know, a 100 years ago, we went in search for water. Today, we go in search for (laughs) Wi-Fi. And isn't it interesting that we have been on this absolutely ferocious pursuit for well-being? Think about it. We are on this ferocious pursuit of well-being, looking for our well-being in our money, looking for our well-being in our businesses or in our work looking for our well-being in our relationships, looking for our well-being in our food. But we're tearing this planet apart in ferocious pursuit of well-being. And the harder we look for it, the more that it eludes us. Think about that for a second. As a generation, no one can say that we are not the most comfortable generation that's existed in a long time. True or true? That was crap. True or true? True. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. (laughs) But it's true. We are comfortable. We have all of the things. We have the cars. We have the homes. For the most part, we can earn enough of a living to put an apple and baked beans on the table. Homemade, of course. We have enough money to be able to support ourselves, at least to the point where we're not starving and destitute. And we are the most comfortable generation (laughs) Yet as far as well-being is concerned, that's not our experience. We are not beings that are well, not collectively. And the evidence is showing outside of these doors. Do you agree? How many people do you know, raise your hand if you have people in your life who are struggling to be a well-being? Leave your hand up if you are one of those people. In fact, put both hands up if you are one of those people. Let us see you. Reveal yourselves. Yeah. So welcome to the human race because none of us are actually different. In fact, we are all the same. And there are some enormous contributors to why this well-being eludes us. But the more that we ferociously pursue it, have you noticed what tends to happen? The more we ferociously pursue well-being, what do we get instead? Because our focus is external, on the money, on the business, on the job, on the relationship. I must have the right relationship, on love, on trying to make our meals work. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves when it comes to the food on our table. Yes or yes? There's a lot of pressure there. So all of our focus is outside of ourselves. And in our ferocious pursuit of well-being, all that we've established, more than anything is addictions, substance abuse. We've been looking for ways to try to find this well-being, but yet in our ferocious pursuit of more, 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 we found ourselves in a position where we're out of control. We can't control it because our focus is outside of ourselves and there is one aspect that is crucial to your experience in this life. What do you think that that is? You, hate to put it to you this way, but every experience you've ever had, guess what? You have always been there. (laughs) So we can have our focus externally on all of the things, on trying to be a well-being, but the part that we're missing is we are the being. There's no reflection internally. There's only reflection and searching and ferocious pursuit externally, trying to find it in all of these different parts of life. It's not really working out for us. Not really, not sustainably. We're tearing the planet apart by doing it. Look at the wars. Look at all of the, th- you know, everything that you turn your television onto on a day to day basis. Who watches the news in the morning? Who doesn't watch the news in the morning? Yeah, I think we're all, I think we're a nice little family. But when you do watch the news, it gives you reason not to watch it the next day. All the death. All the pain, all the suffering, all the wars, all the terrorism, all of the pain that's occurring outside out there, it's all self-inflicted because we're all looking outside of ourselves for this sense of purpose, completion, and well-being. But the main part, the only part that can ever deliver that sense of well-being is sitting right in here, and we're not looking at it. Who's heard people say, you've got to look inside? You know, you got to go inside. Anybody? It's all very bloody well and good for people to say go inside. It's got to be an inner journey. But how? You know, we don't grow up that way. We are not taught about an inner journey. We don't know. We don't know how to find ourselves. Who takes retreats to go and find themselves? Confess, I do. So we go and we take time out of our lives to go and find ourselves, don't we? I, you are lying. You all take time out to find yourself, reconnect with yourself, don't you? Who meditates? Yeah, see? You do, we all do it. Now isn't it interesting that we actually have to take time outside of our lives in order to find ourselves? Where were you? Where were you that you got so lost? That you had to go and find yourself. Where were you? Because you're still here. You didn't go anywhere. But mentally, we wake up in the morning. We brush our teeth. We make our breakfast. We go to work. We come home. We have dinner. We go to bed. We wake up in the morning. We brush our teeth. We have breakfast. We go to work. We come home. We have dinner. We go to bed. We wake up in the morning. We brush our teeth. We have breakfast. We go to bed. We we make dinner. We go to bed. We wake up. That's life. That's life. And on the weekend, if you're lucky, you might get to go to a show or you might get to go to somebody's house for dinner or you might get to do something a little bit fun. But then the grind starts again on Monday. That's generally life for most people. No wonder we're so lost because we're not there. The most important part of being human is being here because how can you be a well-being if you're not being here, and then you have to go off and find yourself. But where were you? You were here all along. You just weren't paying attention to you. Tattoo this on your forehead if you like, or down your arm, whatever works. The secret to any success or any results is paying attention. That's it. Paying attention. The secret to any results, paying attention. And sometimes it just requires a little bit of attention and sometimes it requires laser light focus attention. Do you agree? But paying attention is the secret to success. But you're not paying attention to the inner experience. You're not paying attention to what goes on between your two ears. Who has a really busy head? And there's lots of stuff going on in there and none of it's paying you rent. It's all living in there rent-free. Let me ask you a question. If you had a best friend that chatted incessantly, chat, 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 yes, 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 should I? know? can't, no, oh, no, does she look good in that? No, she looks terrible in that. Oh, my goodness. What's she thinking? Oh, should I do that? I don't think I should do that. Oh, my goodness, what's the ingredients in that one? No, I can't eat that. No, no, no. I want to eat this one. I don't want to go there. No, don't go there because you may not come home. Oh, my goodness, what time is it? Oh, did she say that? Look at her, she's still going. How does she manage to talk so quickly because that's how fast your head's going right now and so is mine. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine if you had a best friend that did that 24 hours a day, didn't stop to take a breath and didn't actually get anywhere with the conversation. It was just all very circular. How would you go? Would you, would you want to hang out with them all the time? Would you want to hang out with them all the time? No. That's a hell no. Hell no. Yet you let that live in your head rent free every day and do nothing about it. Because we all said it's busy up here, yes? You are the driver of this. But the problem that we have in humanity is that we haven't, ma- we haven't learned to master this. We don't know this. And therefore we cannot experience this. Do it with me. We've got to master this. So repeat after me. Master this. Know this? Nice. 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 And that's the problem. We haven't mastered it. Your brain is thinking you. You don't think your brain. Let me ask you a question. Are you aware that you have thoughts? You know you think, right? How do you know you think? Oh, there's the rabbit hole. So there's a part of you that's thinking or, get, or, or, or noticing the thoughts, isn't there? There's a part of you that actually noticed the thoughts and then there's the thought. Yes or yes? Cool. So in effect, you are kind of separate to the thoughts. They happen inside of you, don't they? Ooh, we're not sure. What's she, what's she, Where is she going with this? All you have to do is just to become aware that you've had another thought. Who just had a thought? Raise your hand if you just had a thought. What was it? <laughs> you just have to become aware that you're thinking. It's interesting. In Eastern philosophy, they have, these, they have the brain split into 84,000 pieces. We're not going to cover all of those today. <laughs> We're just going to go after four of them. And I spoke about this on Karen's Couch last week. And it's amazing to me. You know, they split the brain into the intellect. And that is where we have our thinking brain. Now, science can prove that 90% of the thoughts that you think today are a repetition of the thoughts you thought yesterday and not new thoughts. And the other 10% you thought last week, last month, or last year. The thinking intellect is incapable of creativity. It doesn't happen in the same part of the brain. So if you use your thinking... Do you ever feel like it's Groundhog Day? Do you ever feel like it's just the same shite, just a different day? Do you ever feel like that? That's because our thinking is circular and we are trying to create new experiences with the same thinking that we've had since we were three. That's why. So by celebrating our intellect, which is what we've been in the Western world, it's what we've hailed. We've celebrated our thinking minds tremendously tremendously. And we've commended ourselves and rewarded ourselves for our ability to think. But there's so much more to us than circular thinking. And it takes us on a spiral of going nowhere. The other part of the brain is our identity. The other part of the mind is the identity. How we identify ourselves. Our labels, if you like. What labels have you got for yourself? Hit me with it. What labels? You're a mum? Do we have any daughters in the room? Just checking do we have any sons in the room? Nice to see it. Do we have any aunties or uncles? Brothers or sisters? Do we have any teachers? Do we have any nutritionists? Do we have any dentists? Oh, one. River, two. Awesome. So these, do we have any business owners? Do we have any an employees? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So these are all labels that we have for ourselves. Do you agree? So if I said to you, so who are you? You would say, well, I work in insurance and um, my name's Carmel and I am um, 36 and I drive a Toyota. Awesome. So these are all the labels that we have for ourselves and inside of the labels we're trapped. Inside of the labels that you have for yourself, whether it's a daughter or an auntie, whether it's a cancer survivor or a Bali bombing survivor, these are all labels that we have for ourselves that keep us trapped inside of that life of that label. Do you agree that you guys probably don't know what it's like to be a Bali bombing survivor? Hell yes would be good. Yeah. So, while ever I hold that as my label, I'm trapped inside of the experiences of a Bali bombing survivor. Does that make sense? And my thoughts are circular inside of the experience of being a Bali bombing survivor. Has anybody ever had anyone cheat on them? So, you are somebody who's been cheated on. And inside of that experience, for some of us, if we haven't done any work... For some of us, we just go ahead and recreate similar experiences. Who's had in, you know, unfaithful partners multiple times? We don't want to raise our hands to that. That's just one example. It's just one example. Anybody bankrupt, you don't have to put your hands up. Anybody who's been through a bankruptcy, you live inside of the label of a bankruptcy. Anybody who's had cancer and survived it, you are a cancer survivor living inside of the labels of being a cancer survivor. Anybody who has cancer, you are the person who has cancer living inside of the label of, being, of, having, of having cancer. Our labels restrict and pinch off the flow of life. Therefore, we cannot master this. Repeat after me. We cannot master this altogether now. Master this, know this, experience this. Because life does not occur inside of your beliefs about who you are. That's not living. Inside of your identity and your labels, that's not life. It's not life. We can label a heart. We can cut it open. We can label a leg and we can cut it open and figure out how it works. For sure, our intellect will help us with that. But it will not explain life. It will not explain what gives that limb or that heart or that person life. We cannot explain that. That goes beyond our ability to comprehend it. Because we're functioning in a world that's purely based around our intellect, building more and more identities. When you were born, you were just a toddler. You were just a baby, and then you were a toddler, and then you went to school, and then you got bullied, and then you came out of work, and then you got fired, and then you went and had your own business, and you got bankrupt, and then you got married, and then you got divorced. Then you had children, and then you became a parent, and then you got another job, and then now you're an insurance broker. Can you see the accumulation of the labels? that occurs in everybody's life, can you guys all acknowledge that there's just an accumulation of labels that you pick up? Behind every single label is a story about you that you have about yourself. Behind every label is a story that's keeping you trapped in a life that's not free. Wouldn't you love to just be free to go out and experience life and everything that it has available to it without being frightened? What if you could abseil down the side of a bridge and not be scared? Would that be cool? Yeah. And not be scared. Yep. Not, have, not even have a butterfly, not one. What if, if you could jump out of a plane and not be scared? Would that be cool? Go, Way to go, girlfriend. <laughs> so behind every label is a story. And inside of those stories, guess who made them up? You made them up. So in essence, I hate to say it, but you're living a life that you're making up. You made it up. You're making it up as you go along. And then you say it's real, and you wear it as an identity, and then you relate to yourself and to others in the same way. Classic example. I went through the... My partner committed suicide in 2002. I then became a widow. That was my label. I became the widow. But I was a guilty widow because Greg took his life because of me. Then 12 months later, I'm now suicidally depressed. So I take myself to Bali, and I'm in the Bali Sari Club, and the bomb goes off on the 12th of October, 2002. I survive. My two friends are killed. I'm now a Bali bombing survivor. I get home from the hospital, finally, and the psychologist comes and tells me that I will have post-traumatic stress disorder. Okay because the bombing was a frame of reference I didn't have. The suicide was a frame of reference I didn't have. So until the police officer told me that the suicide was my fault, I didn't know what to do with it. When he told me it was my fault, I went, yes, it was. When the psychologist told me that I would have post-traumatic stress disorder, I went, "Okay, that's what I'll do. So then I took that on and went on to continue to have post-traumatic stress disorder. They told me that I would be depressed for the rest of my life, and I'd be lucky if I managed to live out a normal life. They also told me that I would have epilepsy. I went, okay, cool, I'll have all of that. I deserve it. And inside of those labels, I lived a story that made me who I am, that kept me playing the tiniest, tiniest, tiniest game where I'd wake up in the morning and cry, go to bed in the night and cry, spend my life crying about how bad and sad it all was. And here's a reality. Nobody can say that that wasn't awful. Yes or yes? Yes. Of course. Nobody can say that wasn't awful. But let me just ask you something. Please be honest with me. Please be honest. My perspective was that I was guilty and responsible for the death of three people. Greg killed himself and my two girlfriends were killed in the sari club. My perspective is that I was responsible. I was guilty. It was my fault. Tell me the truth. Is that your perspective too? How Well, where were you when I needed you? (laughs) Now, isn't this interesting? Because just there, we've got the uh, acknowledgement that my story about myself, I made it up, and it wrecked my life for 10 years. I made it up. If only I'd had your perspective. If only I'd listened to you. I would have felt much better in six minutes. Don't you think? So... Just because there are more of you, which one of us is right? Am I right or are you right? Of course. (laughs) Well, see, here's the thing, and this is the most fascinating part about this complicated creation. Your perspective is your perspective because you're seeing it through your own eyes. My perspective is my perspective because I'm seeing it through my own eyes. And we would both go to war for our perspectives, wouldn't we? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You look at the world outside, we're going to war for our perspectives. Neither of them are actually true. They're just your perspective. The fact that there are more of you doesn't actually make it right. It's just that there's a collective perspective. Do you think that we have a collective perspective going on outside out there? About our health and our well-being? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But guess who made it up? It's just your perspective. It's not right. It's not real. It's just yours. My perspective was just my perspective. It wasn't right. And it was not real, according to you. Yet I lived like it was. I suffered like it was. I ran away from home like it was. I treated everybody miserably like it was. Then things change. I get a shift in perspective. After about six years, I get a shift in perspective. and now, all of a sudden, the world's a wonderful place. I didn't change. my perspective changed. And now I get to do this for a living, and I have the most glorious life, and I think that I'm the most lucky soul breathing, purely because I've changed my story. I've changed Can you see that? The sto- I haven't changed, the story has changed and it's created a more expanded life. You Bingo to the man in the blue. So, this is what we do. You can tattoo this on your forehead too. We have an experience, we then give that experience meaning, which then designs our reality. Who in the audience has an experience that they're struggling with? Raise your hand. Raise your hand up nice and high. Keep your hand up. Who in the audience would like an opportunity, leave your hands up. Who in the audience would like an opportunity to get another perspective? Right here, right now. And you have to be willing to let your story go. Don't worry, I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> Who's your freak out? It's like you? <laughs> you have to be willing to experience something other than what you're experiencing. Who in the audience is willing to do that? Raise your hand up high. Come on up. Yeah. Give her a thunderous round of applause. <laughs> We're going to have a little chat, super quick, and you guys are going to see how quickly we can move. Oh, thanks, MP, you're a gem. Have a seat, beautiful. Tell us what your name is. Jacinta? Jacinta, have a seat. It's tall. I know, it's very (laughs) tall for us little ones, although I do have my fabulous shoes on. Did you all see my shoes? (laughs) Okay, so I wanna show you guys how quickly we can get a different perspective. Sometimes when we get this different perspective, we can get enormous healing in the instant. But sometimes it takes a little bit of extra work, but it first starts off with getting a new perspective. So, to tell us. You don't have to tell us the whole story if you don't want to, and we probably don't have time. But can you tell us an experience and the meaning you've given that experience?
2: Go for it into the microphone. Um, okay, so ever since I was probably my early twenties, mm-hmm. I've blamed my mother for all my problems. <laughs> How's that working out? <laughs> um, it's a lot better now in my fiftieth. <laughs> you here? Right, but it's only because just recently I've um, seeked some help. Okay, and sorted it out. So you you're sorted? Well. I thought we need, I need right. to get somebody else up. <laughs> right, no, no, no. Um, well, when, when I say I seek the help. Yes. But I still have that in the back of my mind.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the kind of believe you, but not really.
2: Yes. So I still fall back into that. I blame you for this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, so for the most of us, we've been being us for a long time, true? We're pretty well practiced at this. <laughs> Do you agree? Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> so for the most part, what goes on between our two, two ears has repeated itself over and over and over again. And what happens neurologically is it lays down a pattern inside of the conscious mind, which eventually transfers into the unconscious mind, which is why sometimes you can't get rid of it. Because even though consciously you can say, yes, I'm over it. Yes, I'm healed. Yes, I'm all good. But unconsciously, the pattern has been laid down quite significantly when you've been doing it for 50 years. Mm. So we have to make a shift consciously before we can make the shift unconsciously. But our conscious mind represents about 5% of our thinking brain, represents about 5%. The unconscious mind represents about 95%. So it's like putting a 95-kilo person up against a 5-kilo person and expecting the 5-kilo person to win. It doesn't work that way. The 95-kilo person has got a lot more weight behind it, a lot more time and a lot more um, concentrated attention on that belief about your mum. Mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat>
1: so, can you tell us what your mum did? Just one thing. I'm sure there's lots, but just one.
2: Um, she didn't believe a story that I told her.
1: Good. I'm aw- that's awesome.
2: That was to do with molestation.
1: Okay, yeah. yep. Yep. See, so this applies to everything. This applies to molestation. It applies to abuse. It applies to absolutely everything. And it's tricky. So don't get me wrong. This is tricky. In the concept of what we believe from a societal point of view, if anybody has been abused, we don't believe that that's right and we don't condone it. And I agree with that. So I'm not, I'm not going to suggest anything other than that. But let's break it down for you. Have a look at the board here with me. Stay there. Let's break it down. So you had the experience of abuse. Yep. What did you make that mean about you?
2: That I was worthless.
1: Into the microphone. Oh, sorry.
2: That I was worthless? That
1: you're worthless. Yeah. Great. And so then your reality, no doubt, has unfolded throughout the course of your life that you're worthless, yes? Yeah. Yeah. And it's an interesting thing about the world is that when we hold a belief the world actually shows us that we're right. Because the, world, the universe will always support you in your beliefs. It will always support you in your beliefs. So there will be other occurrences and other instances with other people that would show her she's right, that she's not worthy. Do you guys agree with that? Did the experience occur? Yes. Of course yes. it did. <clears throat> it's like the bombing. Did the bombing occur? Of course it did. But that meaning... Who created that? Me. Jacinta created that. She created that meaning. What's another meaning she could have given that? Help her out. Brave. Brave. You're a survivor. What else? What's that? Not my fault? fault. What else? Come on, there's, there's 695 of you. There will be 695 perceptions. Strong. She wasn't in a environment. What else? Courageous. Can you see that if at the time that the experience occurred, if at the time that the experience occurred, can you see if she chosen courage, strong, survivor, you're nothing, can you see that her experience of life would have been different and her reality would have been different? Yeah, absolutely would have been different at the time. There's no doubt about that. Now she's 50. <laughs> How much longer do we want to carry our shite around with us before we actually allow ourselves to start to live free?
2: Definitely not another 50
1: Well, do you know? That's the thing, because that's the thing. You get to the end of your days and you look back on your life and you go, I wasted it because I believed that I was worthless. And it's only going to come around once. I don't get to do it twice. I wasted it because I believed that I was worthless. Shit, I wished I'd got it at the Wellness Summit. (laughs) Really, I did. And it actually doesn't matter what the problem is. It doesn't matter what the problem is. Your stories, your identity, your identity about yourself is creating the meaning in your life and then you're living according to that. And your life is an accumulation of stories. And you're not free. You're not free while you're living inside of those stories. You're not free. You'd have to agree with that. You haven't lived a free...
2: And that led to, like, weight problems and smoking and drug problems and it just snowballs the circle. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So right here, we're looking at the experience. We've created the meaning, which has then created the result. Let's come back. The experience occurred, yes. And the experience occurred at what age? Uh, 13. 13.
2: 13, sorry,
1: Okay, so we're talking 37 years ago. So let's put that experience 37 years ago. Let's put it where it happened. Let's not continue to drag it into the here and the now, because if we continue to do that, then we're robbing ourselves of a future, So let's put it in the 37 years ago. Nobody says you've got to forget about it. Nobody says that you can't go back and revisit it anytime you want to. But if you're living in the present moment, that's not happening now. It's not occurring right now. Right now, you're on the stage with me. Very brave, by the way. Thank you. So we've got a couple of options. We can recreate the meaning and take the advice of some of the other perspectives and recreate the meaning, which will then create a new reality. Alternatively, there's another option. It it happened. It happened. Mm -hmm. Even saying shit happens, you're still giving it a meaning. It just happened. There's no meaning. And I am in the here and the now. Bring it. What is there? I'm only here and I'm only now. There's nothing other than this. Because really there isn't anything other than this, is there? You're not off doing your groceries, you're not checking your emails, you're not 37 years ago and you're not 24 24 minutes away. You're right here and you're right now. So when we can get a shift in the meaning around our stories and around our identities, you can either give it a new meaning that empowers you or give it no meaning at all, whichever feels better. When I first went through the bombing, I made it mean that I was worthless, unlovable and my reality was a hell. Later down the track... I made it mean that I was here for a reason to make a difference in the world. And of course, my whole life transformed and it was overnight. Didn't take work, it was overnight. As soon as I got a shift in the meaning, transformed. 3 years ago, revisited it, gave it no meaning. For the first time, I'm finally free of being a Bali bombing survivor. But I reckon I'm a slow learner. <laughs> I reckon you can do it and you can do it in an instant. You can do it in an instant. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> See, life is not meant to be traumatic. It's not meant to be a series of suffering instances. Not when you Master this. Everybody all together, not when you know this. Experience this. You're making it up as you go along. So why make something up that's going to be self-destructive? Why do it? Teach your children not to do it. Teach your children not to make stories about what happens. If they're getting bullied, they just got bullied. Don't make a story about it. Do something about it, of course, but don't make a story about who you are. Don't make it become part of your identity. Teach your children to this, notice, this. That was so bad. <laughs> Teach them to this, notice, this. Absolutely. You know, there's a bit of a formula around how we think. What you think will determine how you feel, which then determines how you act. Your thinking starts the feeling, which then determines your actions. Now, if your thinking is circular, your feelings will be circular, and then your actions will be circular, and no wonder we feel like it's Groundhog Day, because all that we're doing is living inside of the stories and the identities of who we think we are, and we're missing out. We're missing out. There is so much juice of life to be had, and we're missing out on all of it. See, what? let's look at our food. Let's look at our health and our well-being. What we think about food determines how we feel, like emotional eating, which then determines how we act, which, ter- which can turn into sabotage. Has anybody ever found themselves sabotaging themselves when it comes to their well-being, nutrition, food, diet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So you can't think one way and feel another. You can't think I'm fat and overweight but then feel, oh, I love myself, I love myself, I love myself. <laughs> it doesn't work that way, and you can't talk yourself into it. That's why any time I think of positive thinking, I go, yeah, well, kind of not really because you can't think yourself into feeling positive if you're feeling like hell. You can't do it. But what you can do is you can do the inner work. So instead of us looking outside of ourselves for our well-being, start to do the inner work because it's an inner journey. Everything starts here. Your ability to be motivated starts in here. And if you're motivated, you'll exercise. Your ability to not sabotage yourself, your ability to eat when you're hungry, It starts here. It doesn't start with a lock on the fridge. Although my sister had one of those little pigs that would oink. As she walked past it. Is that? That's bad, hey? Well, that was nasty. So what we've got to do is we've got to dive deep into this because we need to be able to... And none of us have... not permanently anyway. Agreed? Agreed. So let's look at it in the context of what it takes to do the inner work. Now, most of you guys who know me know that I do Karen's Couch, and I also do the Up for a Chat show with Kim and Cindy. And I know that this is a wellness summit, and I know that for a lot of people it's about food. So what I've done is I've put together a program that is about teaching you how to... All together now. When you do that, you start to actually live. You start to live. Because what you're doing right now is existing. And if some of you guys have found peace... Who's found peace? Who feels like they've found some peace in their life? Awesome. Awesome but you can't rest there. Otherwise, all you'll be doing is resting in peace. (laughs) You want to hit ecstasy. You want to hit bliss. And if you're not hitting bliss and ecstasy four or five times a day, you're not alive. You're not living. And life is for the living. So when it comes to our food, let's just bring it down to that. I've put together eat with ease because I know that food is a huge contributor to our ability to feel like we're in control. Who's happy with their relationship with food right now? And happy to just stay where they are? Okay, so who's not is a better question. So I'm going to ask you guys to have a think about this. I'm not the food expert. So I'm not going to tell you what to eat. I'm going to give you some recommendations, but I'm not going to tell you what to eat. But what I'm going to help you do is master this altogether now. This. <laughs> know this. Experience this. Now, if you can do that when it comes to your relationship with food, because food represents life. From a psychological perspective, the way you relate to your food is the way that you relate to life. And if you're an overeater, you're trying to overeat and overconsume on life. If you're an emotional eater, you are responding emotionally to life, creating a whole world of stories and identities, and it does not serve you. And 100% of the population are emotional eaters. We eat for fun. We eat, we eat for reward. We eat for um, sadness. We eat for comfort. We eat for all different reasons. We eat for collectiveness. We eat for for family, congregations. So we eat for lots of different reasons. So we're all in the same basket. None of us are actually different. It's just learning how to master this, know this, experience this, and finally have that bliss when it comes to every area in your life. So there's a lot of information on this slide. Take a quick read of it. Did everybody get that? Right here. Normally, it's a $3.79 a month, but for the Wellness Summit, it's 197 and it's for three months. But here's the thing. You're going to want to do it over and over and over again. And once you've done it once, you've got it for the rest of your life. Overcoming emotional eating, getting inside of here and mastering this is the gift that you get to give to yourself. I'm promoting this here today for you guys, and it's only for this weekend. We're starting on the 24th of August, and it is intense, and it's with me. It's online, so you can do it anywhere in the world that you like. Once you've got all of the information, it's there for the rest of your life. And I have people who've done the program, and they've been doing it now for the last six months, nine months, 12 months, two years. My sister has lost 53 kilos. A lady by the name of Melusa Giles lost 23 kilos in her first eight weeks. And it's not because I changed her food, because that's not my thing. But what we did was we did. What did we do? When you do that with your food, you can do that in every area of your life. So Eat With Ease is available at my table at the back out there. But for those of you guys who are interested in this, who's floating with this? Who thinks this could be helpful for them? Very cool. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to get it for free. There's two days intensive on the Gold Coast with me in March next year. We've got more information at my back at the back table there. And for those of you guys who do decide it's three days. For those of you guys who do decide that you want to join me for three days, I'll throw in the eat with ease for free. So come and have a conversation with me. All together now, I'm committed to one more time, as loud as you can get. Experience this. Thank you everybody.
0: well done everybody thank you beautiful Karen we hope you enjoyed this Wellness Couch podcast, brought to you by Audible do you find that you just don't have time to read all the awesome books that you hear mentioned on the Wellness Couch well Audible might just have the answer Audible is offering the Wellness Couch listeners a free audiobook download with a free 30 day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service you can get books like Eat Right for Your Blood Type While We Get Fat by Gary Taubes Paleo Diet for Athletes, or even the Success Principles by Jack Canfield. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash The Wellness Couch. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash The Wellness Couch for your free audiobook.